Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. This so week, Mike, I'm doing the <laughs> intro. You need to be quiet. This is the important part. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, my bad. Take two. This week, taking stock in air quotes at midseason. You know, robots do most of that nowadays, the, the take stock thing in the world. It's not humans that take stock. You understand what taking stock is, I suspect. So this week we have two dudes who can imperfectly replicate uh, with the best of them, and that's essentially what robots do, or robots. Uh, the very programmable early version Heika 1.0, Mike Heika is here. Along with uh, yours truly, the always learning AI analyst on Stars Broadcast, Daryl Ray. And Mike, a nice win last night to open the post-All-Star Sprint. Uh, to me, they they were a little bit like the kid that gets shoved up against the lockers in the hallway. They took it and then maniacally orchestrated a winning revenge against the bullies with their power play, their penalty killing, and a pretty sloppy, arrogant approach from the Nashville Predators. Uh, how did how did you see last night's return to action very quickly? Uh, opportunity. Uh, they took advantage of the opportunities they had. Uh, it was a very messy, sloppy game, which I guess we should anticipate coming back from any break. Uh, but they they made the big plays when they had to make big plays. Now, they allowed big plays as well. But uh, like the Glenn Denning play was, I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to mm -hmm. get one guy who doesn't usually make those plays to make that play. And then once he does, uh, then you got to hold on for dear life because they've had trouble with that <laughs> this year as well. Yeah, I mean, there were there was so much good after they got through that opening period where the the shot attempts were like twenty nine to four or something. It was it was ridiculous. Uh, but the way they they concocted their victory was pretty much, I believe, what what they're built to do. That's kind of best case scenario when they're at their best, which is. Special teams, if the other team wants to be a bunch of donkeys, then they they crushed them with power play goals. They scored a couple. They could have scored more and made it an easier victory than what it was. Uh, give some credit to the penalty killing on on their side. I, I, I think any time the Predators hold the Stars to two power play goals or less, it's like a victory for them. And And then with that, you have, as you mentioned, other guys – with the the difference in the game on the sheet, how many times do you see that where a, a team, especially this team, gets the the go ahead goal or the difference making goal from from somebody else? It's it's a nice thing. And then once they were up, that was one of the the better checking performances by everybody. Well, not everybody because they only played three lines. I felt so bad for. Poor Radulov and them. First, I think it was their first shift of the game. They go out there, boom. Fifteen minutes in, they get scored on, and, and then it was. I think they were so out of the mix that it was tough for for bonus to to work them back in again. So they just rolled three lines. Yeah, and they lost Radic too, and I think that you know forced them into a decision. Well, that was late though. That was yeah. middle of the third period. Um. Anyway, but enough on that. Good win. What I wanted to to get to though is what. Should the stars strive to make their bailiwick or their bell cow 
their ID here in the second half. And we debated this a little bit last night. You know, do they do they trend toward toward trying to score four or five every night? And is that what they need to do? Are they are they going to have to just outscore giving up three a game, which is their average? Not very good. No. Or should they buckle down a little bit better on that side of the puck and their checking game and, and their focus in that regard, their penalty kill, you know, getting saves when they do break down, all those things in the second half? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I buy the company line, which is, you know, create your offense from playing good defense. And so in that regard, I think the base has to be let's try and keep our goals against a two, two and a half. And then, you know, if we want the defense to join, let's do it responsibly and take our opportunities. Like the biggest problem with that approach is that when they've been given opportunities to score, a lot of these guys don't. And so, you know, you look down a couple of years ago and they were six in the league in scoring chances, but 17th in scoring. And so then do you trust... I don't trust, think they were that high. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. So, so do you trust that Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan and Radic Fox and, and, you know, down the line can score goals and hope that Kiviranta or Peterson or Glenn Denning or Raffle can chip in the odd one here and there if you work out of that base. Um, a lot of people say the bubble was a fluke. Um, I do believe that what they did before the bubble was let's really play good defense. Let's have our defensemen join the rush. And, you know, for a month and a half, it worked. Now, can they get back to that? I don't know. They have different personnel now. They Who knows what's going to happen at the trade deadline. Um, but, yeah, for these next five weeks, uh, they need to make hay. And, and my belief is let's focus on defense and then try and create counterattack offense off that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fully in lockstep with you on that. But the, the analytics will suggest that they're not, as, they're not a 20th – ranked defensive team when you look at what they give up where they give up chances from uh, volume of scoring chances they get just all down the list and you know it's it's tough to just point at at that position uh but they shouldn't be 22nd in the league in save percentage no like i agree like i looked last night like like they're tied with ottawa and the buffalo buffalo sabers who've used six goaltenders and and they're tied with those two teams in save percentage at around 22nd and that 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 can't continue it, it it has to improve and it's a weird stat because you can improve by like just fractional margins and you move from 22nd into the top 10 and uh and so many teams are are close. Like it's it's not a great. It, it's almost like faceoffs. Like yeah. you know, we obsess over the fact the Stars are a good faceoff team in that. But then you look at teams that are like thirteenth, like like Nashville last night. They're thirteenth in the league. Well, their top three guys win all. You know, win the same percentage of draws as the Stars guys do. It's it. It's skewed a little bit, I think. But at and, the same, and it's situational too. I think everything in hockey situational. Oh yes. So well, then, well like, yeah, it, because one of the great things about the Stars' power play is the fact that they win over sixty percent of the faceoffs. Yeah. All those faceoffs starting a power player in the attacking zone. Like, like if they were forty-five percent 
on their faceoffs on their power plays, I don't know that they would be a top five power play in the league. No, you know, it, it really it really helps in in that regard. It's yeah. nice to start with the puck, Mike. Yes, it is. Well, and I go back to the goaltending thing, like. You know, How's your mic technique going today? I don't know. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, move that in a little I'll bit. I'll move that Mike. in. Sorry about that. You're too uh, uh Jake in um, Calgary, I don't think he had a chance on any of them. That was that was all team defense, in my opinion, those last three. And so then, now again, is that goaltending? Is that, you know, and I, I get it that, you know, shots against, that, you know, they can keep it low like they did last night. But, okay, <laughs> let's go to the first period. They're, you know, they're in their own end for you know 19 out of 20 minutes and isn't that hard on the goalie even if you only do have five shots against and yeah it's it's a workload yeah and so does that reflect in how they play because i will say this season there have been longer stretches spent in the stars end than i can ever Mm -hmm. remember like it'll be you know it'll be a good two three minutes that they're just i think john klingberg had a four minute shift last night where they couldn't get out of the end and they do that all the time so then you know, does that factor into the goaltending? But I'm with you. I mean, part of it is Holtby's been hurt, and part of it is Jake's just a second-year goalie. Yeah. And you just got to go through the process. But the goaltending needs to be better. Yeah, and at times it's been phenomenal. Yeah. That, 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 that's the, it's, it's a microcosm of the team. Yeah. You know, and, and you could look at the other end of the rink and look at the analytics, and they state that this team is trending in the right direction offensively, and – and the chances that they create, I don't think they're as good in that department as they have been in past, where you can just look and say, man, they're they're top five in the league in, in scoring chances and all these metrics, but they're not burying them. I don't think that's the case this year. They, yeah. they don't they're one of the the worst teams in the league so far in the first half at spending time in the attacking zone. Um and that needs to go up because that's where you wear people down. And like this team strike, it, they're, they're a quick strike kind of offense. The way they scored their winning goal last night, Rope Hintz's goal last night. That That's, yep. to me, that's the stars. And that's that's a big part of their offense, that and their power play. Um, so it's not one individual thing. It's just, yeah, I mean, we talk – you know, we talk a lot about how it'd be nice if Radulov had more points. It'd be nice if Tyler Sagan had more assists and and that line could score and Dennis Gurionov. And but at the same time, there there are other guys. Radic, hopefully, he's not uh, injured that much. But Radic Fox hasn't scored a goal in thirty games. Like yeah. it, it, there's, it, it's all these different entities all the way through there, and I think that's what what drives so much hope and belief is that. This can't last forever because you've seen what the potential is in past with a lot of these individuals. So you th- you feel like it's in there, and it just needs to manifest itself and hopefully consistently. And it'll change. And all of a sudden, you'll be looking at this team knocking on the door for eighth and maybe ascending higher than that here in the yeah. second half. Not going to be easy. No, but it's not like you look at at the individuals in this team and think to yourself. Nah, I, they just they just don't have the horses, or this this isn't going to work. It it doesn't look like that, does it? No, and no. it's funny. It's funny you talk about the the uh, uh, support players or, or hoping for this or that or the other thing. Uh, Luke Glendening last night was very honest because we go, hey, you got seven goals. This is great. You're doing great. He goes, well, yeah, I went twenty eight games without a point. 
And you're like, <laughs> See, <laughs> don't, don't you love, don't you love yes, that? Yes. I love the veteran who says that because he's right. He got off on a tear yeah. and then just went completely yeah. dry for 28 games. And that's the team. That's the inconsistency of this team. And your hope is that, you know, one, he won't go 28 games again. And, and two, that other guys step it up, that the Kivy Rantas or the, you know, other guys, you know, uh, the Raffles will step in and, and score a goal here and there as well. So it was just, it was funny when he mentioned it because he was like, yeah, I got seven goals, but let's be honest about this. I haven't been very good lately. Yeah, I, I hope that that is sort of the mantra that they, that they have wind its way through the group. Maybe, you know, sometimes eight days off and whether you're uh, house arrest because of weather or you got to a beach or whatever it was, you, you get a, I think, an opportunity to to get a little real with where you're at because as the athletes are plowing their way through it, the, they get to where they're plowing water a little bit. You yeah. know, and they, they think they're plowing a field, but they're really just plowing water. They're not getting that much done, but it feels like they're putting all the work in and they're doing all the things that lead to, you know, growing a nice crop, but the reality is you're just plowing water. And I, I'd love that honesty self-honesty like that I, I think it's I think it's really healthy for individuals to j don't bristle at the yeah this could be better that could be better well at least I'm getting this or I'm doing that it's just no I, I need to get it done that's why as a former goaltender you, you never have those you don't have those crutches you know for the most part you either make saves or you don't right like a, a goal scorer can say well I'm getting chances can you imagine if the goaltender stands back there, he's got a 6.3 goals against average, and he's like, well, I was close to a few. A lot of them yeah. went off my body and went in. It doesn't work. You either stop it or you don't. It's interesting. The other thing I think is that some of the good players, too, have the same honesty. I think Pavelski, uh, I think we've seen from Jason Robertson, that as much as they're scoring now, they're like, yeah, but I can do more. I can do better. I can work harder. And I like that as well. Oh, it's the best mentality to have when you're trying to chase down a, a playoff spot. You know, if you, if you just have, it sounds very cliche because it is, but you look around and you're like, if you were 10% better and you were 10% better and you were 10% better, you add all that together collectively and we're going to be a tough team to overcome. And yeah. uh, whether they can get 10% out of everybody is, is the other question. You uh, had an opportunity. Jim Nell, the Stars general manager, was kind enough to don the chain mail and armor. <laughs> face your piercing inquiries uh your main takeaway from from your interview with jim um it's it's an interesting take because i do think it's it's in shades of gray so to speak um he i think has boldly gone forward in the past and not to say that he wasn't realistic about the expectations of the team uh but you know the, the thought process is we're a good team. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to do what we have to do to, you know, be good and acquire whatever we need to do. And we'll deal with whatever hardship there is. And, and this one, I just got the tint of this is really serious. Like if we don't get this done, you know, there could be changes. And so um, I think his, his thought process is they do have the team. They built this team to win now. They can win now, but they better darn well do it in the next five weeks or else he's going to be faced with some really difficult decisions. Should mention that the excerpts or the entirety of it are up on DallasStars.com, correct? Yes. You can find it there. 
you navigate the Star's website to get it. Uh, <laughs> this is the this is the Cliff Notes version here. Indeed, the audio Cliff Notes of it. I, I remember at the end of last year, uh, he said, and it was gospel. Uh, they played hard every night. They played yep. hard every single night. Now they got out talented at, at times, and we heard it enough. They got scheduled uh, a little bit, uh, but they played hard every night, and they were they were very consistent in their effort. And for the most part, I think they've tried to play hard this year, but it hasn't always looked that way. Yeah, and I think that's what's frustrating for him too. They they really knock on wood haven't had serious injuries. Wow. Isn't that something else? I I looked at that the other day too. Like it, it, they, not that they're running into a couple little dings and bumps here right now, but you're right. Like they, they are not, they have not dealt with. They were missing Sagan and Radulov for all of last season. (laughs) Yeah. Here, I I looked at it the other day. They heading into last night's game, they had lost 105 man games to injury and only 32 of those 105 are are injuries to players because yeah. you have to subtract Ben Bishop and COVID and illness. What that was the majority of it. I mean, in the first half of the season, they they had 32 man games lost to injury. Like it's if you look at last year, they lost 300 man games in 56 games. Yeah. Although you can say half of those were Bishop, Stephen Johns, and Tyler Sagan, uh, who all three played what three games total in there. So it can stack up pretty yeah. quick, but what you couple that with uh, the loss of, of Alexander Radula, I mean, they were dealing with some stuff and had to use their, their depth and their taxi squads and all that. They have been a very healthy team. As far as injuries are concerned, they've been a very sick team. And I don't mean in the sick, you know, behind your back pass and then no. tuck it under the bar sick. Like the kids like to, say um, they've been ill a lot and not just COVID. Yeah, they, they have, but the schedule hasn't been daunting and, and other teams are dealing with similar things. I mean, the, the team across the ice last night is the best example of the last two years where they just sucked it up. I mean, the predators just sucked it up and played better. Now they have a really good goaltender and that Panacea, patches baby. up a lot Panacea of stuff. For them, and but, pads. Yeah. But other teams are doing it. And like I said, I, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's easy. Radioactive cat urine colored pads. <laughs> pads. I'm sorry, Mike. What it's were you okay. saying? You make me laugh. Uh, but they can do it. They should be able to do it. And I do think that's, you know, that's basically the takeaway from Jim Nill's conversation is, look, we it's on us. It's on management. It's on coaching. It's on the players. We have to do this right now. And, you know, if we do, and I do believe that they believe it's doable, uh, then we'll be right there. And then if we get in, then we believe we can play with any team in the Western Conference. Well, they got so much experience. Uh, you know, they're the the most experienced team in the league, I would I believe. Yeah. Uh, any after the interview questions you wish you'd asked? You ever you ever get to that? Well, I mean, obviously, my place in the world is not to ask. You, about we don't break stories, Mike. Potential co- No, we don't. No, we don't. Uh, but even you know, like. So there's a lot of questions at the end of well, this year. Well, forget about the forget and about so the end of the end of the year. Like these next twenty games are not even now. And we've we've yeah. discussed this before. Games forty to sixty tell you kind of who you are and what you're going to be. And right. uh, and they and they lead into that trade deadline. So then 
that I think they're having the pro deal. scout meetings right now here locally to talk over I would suspect their game plan and and what they might be able to do or not do and and all those things man it, it's a complicated job nowadays isn't it with a cap and that and well and he Jim's so good with us because he just tells us you know I have to win now. I have to win next year. I have to win the year after that. And and those all those thoughts go on in his head. Um, but but it is interesting. Like, I mean, as fans, I think, and, and media people were like, well, this contract is up. Like this coaching staff's contract. So what yeah. do you do? And he goes, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And you're like, well, that's actually very logical. That's what you should think. And you should focus on the next win. Um, but then, you know, you're like, okay, well, what kind of coaching staff would you want to have? If it, and you know, you're like, well, that's no, not a conversation he's having now, in his head yeah. right now. But that's one that I think, yeah, and I think that's one that we oh, have. Yeah, that, okay, you know, what coaches are out there? Wild How would you like speculators? To go? You know, what kind of style of hockey? Oh yeah, but I mean, that's part yep. of being. You know, that's part of the fun yep. of being a fan. It is, is that you can do that, and you know, you look at a game. You look at a game like last night, and they literally couldn't even think about Winnipeg. They had to get through that game. And, and, you know, they got the win, which is a, just a fabulous thing, because if they didn't, then all of a sudden the negative thoughts creep in. And now the death, you know, now you're now you're well now, your stick a especially during the stretch where they're going to play central division teams a lot, too. It's important to win in regulation. Yes. You know, you can't just be picking up one point at a time on teams that are uh, well ahead of you uh, in the standings. So to get that in regulation and hold in there is it was terrific. Now do it again. That's the whole thing. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Uh, the Nashville thing did remind me last year they had 14 oh, overtime or shootout losses. Five of them were to the Predators. Mike, Five their record in, in the games. last 18 games against Nashville is 7-4-7. Seven, seven. <laughs> <laughs> hey, points in, like, points in all those games. Come the, on. Their record in the last nine, it's, it's, my, it's my Mr. Worldwide, worldwide record. They're three one five in the worldwide against them. All those overtime. <laughs> I know. I know. And they you know, Nashville gets two, stars get one. And it stacked up on them last year and probably cost them a playoff spot because of it. Did you did you ever have the the uh the the sort of uh, impetus or or the uh the clever little uh devil in you? want to ask Jim Nill if, if he ever gets mistaken for Dr. Rick Parenta from Progressive Insurance's life coach? I will next time. That's a very good observation on your part. And he you know what? He, he has the same demeanor. He does. You know, he's sitting there. <laughs> yeah. He's a, all right, come on. Come on. Yeah. We'll help you along Let's here. Let's not talk on, about playoff okay. opponents before we actually get in a playoff position. <laughs> oh, I will ask him next time. It's actor Bill Glass. It, uh, those are just the greatest... They're the greatest commercials. Ah. They make me laugh. I can I can see them like fifty times, and I still laugh. <laughs> them walking into the stadium. Yeah, unbecome your parents is the name <laughs> of his book. <laughs> hey, I, I stumbled on this last night. Sticking with the the division, I don't know what this means anymore. I don't know what it means anymore. But fighting major tabulation. It was part of my exhaustive prep for radio only broadcast of Stars Preds during Super Bowl week. Uh, listen, to these, listen to these numbers. So Nashville leads the National Hockey League in fighting majors with 29. 29. 
They're an angry bunch of Preds. The Stars are tied for dead last uh, with Carolina with three. But, but Carolina is arguably the best team in the National Hockey League. So it's not like you, you look at it and you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, you got to be able to drop the mitts and chuck knuckles or you're not going to get anywhere. But three of the top seven teams in most fighting majors this year all reside in the Central. Hmm. And, you know, the Stars have the fewest, as I mentioned. The next team up from them has twice, over twice as many, and St. Louis was seven. And then you have Colorado and Chicago. Colorado's changed a little bit. They, they have 13 fighting majors. The Hawks have 13. They're mad at everything. They're just trying to fight their way out of whatever. Um, but what do you, you have any thoughts on the pugilistic disparity that I just spoke of? Well, up in the press box, uh, not just last night, but throughout the season, we, we do wonder if the team is physical enough. And I don't know if those two are connected um, you know, because I don't know that the stars are a team that hits a lot. Um, but, the but, whole situation but, with Klingberg but, 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 last but, but, yeah, night, that true. in the past, that would have been and a fight. I, I concur with a lot of it, but at the same time, if your belief is that you want to be a puck possession team and that your power play is your tough guy, then you got to go down that, that path. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and, and we've seen other teams in the past, Detroit, I think, although they did have the grind line and There's stuff no like that. There's no question. They, you they, need to have part of that, some of that ingredient. Yes. And it can't just be Jamie Ben, Jamie Ben, and only Jamie Ben. The irony of last night was that Klingberg gets plastered against the end glass for the second time in about eight minutes to begin the game. And Jamie asked Trennan, it looked like, asked him to go. Yeah. Uh, in front of the net, and he wouldn't fight. So you had the the least pugilistic team in the league and the most eager team in the league, and then when they get asked to fight, they wouldn't fight after doing it. It's a crazy game, Mike. Well, it is, and part of that is what's in their brain, and is the coach going to be mad at me for taking a fight in this particular well, they situation? They seem to take every fight. There's I didn't 29. do anything wrong, which I know, I know but it, it's hard in the moment. Look, um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I just found it curious. No, I like, agree with you. I think it, the whole fighting aspect, and then now you start to look at who are the players who might have been in the positions of uh, Joel Kiviranta or uh, uh, Peterson or you know just down the list of guys who might have been on the fourth line. And these guys yeah. are small, fast guys who are never going to fight. And so now you're replacing that element in your lineup with a completely different element, which can be a good thing. I mean, you know, it can be a way to win in this league, but then you take that aspect out. The other interesting issue is on defense. Uh, you usually find a lot of defensemen who would be willing to fight, and I'm not sure the Stars have. Well, I think they have one. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think Yanni does that. And that. I don't think that. I don't, I, he, he hits no, he his physical. That's well, where, they don't even have one like, who, who wants to they, fight. They missed they miss the big rig a little bit yep. back there. And he wasn't the most eager guy. He didn't always want to do it. He had to be led by his nostrils early in his career uh, to do it a little more consistently. Um, it was like maybe they need to find a couple more Jamies because apparently Jamies are the only guys that are going to possibly are going to fight. It was Jamie Alexiak, Jamie Ben. Well, and, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have minded a defenseman of some sort, but I mean, it is what it is now. I mean, they. That's like <laughs> we were talking last night, and I'm going like, 
Do you remember when it was Hatcher, Matt Fichuk, and Ludwig were three of your top six defensemen? And those guys would go at a drop right. of a hat. Very and, different game. You know, you're no. just like very different game. But it was. I agree. A little bit slower, a little still, bit more obstruction. There, there's still that element, you know. It'll be interesting. I think it's going to be very interesting. What do they have uh, here in the next couple of weeks? It's almost all divisional stuff, right? Yeah, eight yeah, straight and against the Central. I, w- I would think through this stretch you'll get a better feeling of whether you need a little bit more of that or if you're just fine with teams thinking they can take advantage of individuals and then you just smoke them on your – power play and in your overall game like and that's why last night was another example and we've seen it through the years with john and and look clinger's having one of those it's a difficult mental year for him but i have never ever in his time with the stars seen him intimidated physically ever no and guys take massive runs at him from time to time and for the most part it just emboldens him ticks him off and he's he's more apt to annihilate them the way he did last night on the power play and offensively uh, than anything. It doesn't make him go away. He doesn't all of a sudden shy away from pucks no. when he's going back for it or anything like that. It's pretty amazing. And it was maybe that's maybe he needs a little more of that. I don't want to invite everyone to take a run at John Klingberg every period, but no, no, that might be helpful. Yeah. I mean, it, it- it definitely gets him focused. Uh, let's put it that way. And it's also interesting that Miro avoids the hits, and John just seems to take them. So uh, you know, it all does work. It all out works the out rents, somehow, Mike. I wonder how many, if any, pure team cops. Speaking of fighters, uh, have had their numbers retired around the NHL. You think of it. I mean, there have been guys like Clark Gillies, right? Who just sadly recently. Right passed away it was a stunner out there on long island but i mean he he was a player but man he'd fight anybody but you look through like like dave the hammer schultz in a lot of ways should probably have his it's not retired is it in philly i, I don't think so i need to look up some of these I should have done some the other one on that yeah proby Pro, but they don't retire Proby's, anybody's fedorov's no, not retired i know so dave Semenko in edmonton would be another one yep i'll tell you what 56 looks pretty good uh, up there at American Airlines Center and at the Comerica practice facility now. It's nice. It fills yeah. fills that row out beautifully. 26 and 56 right next to one another. Well, and the fact there's only been six in the 50-plus years, you, you really start to realize how special it is to get that done. Aesthetically, they need one more. You know that, right? Uh, three fives seven? and sevens. Uh, it's always in decorating. You always group things in three fives and sevens. Mm. But I think it's going to be a while before we, another number goes up there, though. Uh, you can't retire everyone's number, although no. some franchises seem to be trying to do that. Uh, Ring of Honor route, you like that? Yeah, I, I don't mind that. Or something on the uh, outside of the arena, like a, a pathway, a walkway, something. Mm. where fan, like, I, I like What about where- statues? Statues would be fine with me, although when you get to I think to a, you can overdo it. Well, if you get to a statue, then why wouldn't your number be retired? You know, like, and that's a pretty big step. Yeah. As opposed to, a, like, a plaque or something. And they love their they love their statues in St. Louis in oh front of the gosh. ballpark, in front yeah. of the rink. And oh that, God, there's but. something to it. 
Like when you're walking around there, I stop, I look, I read. Uh, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you know, fan interactive something. What about selective assignment of the number? <laughs> that That's one that gets to me simply because of the number two. Uh, like they give it to anybody. And I, and I have a lot, I have a lot of uh, uh, dear feelings about the number two and Darian Hatcher and you know, so you look and there's, oh, look, nobody's worn 26. So oh, nobody's worn 56. Nobody's worn, you know, whatever other number. And you're like, uh, eight guys have worn number two. And there is, two, I agree with you. 20, 25. There's, there's a few. Yeah. Uh, even, but, you know, you make a case for 10. Yeah. Uh, 25 you know, and 20, they weren't here as long as Darian was. So I don't know why that just yeah. gets under my skin. That I just like, this was yeah I, was I yeah I prefer and I I like when numbers stay in in rotation. Oh okay, like eighty eight for like, the Cowboys. Nobody else should probably wear nine here. Right. There's no question, and only one guy wore fifty six. You know those are those are perfect. Yeah. With twenty six, I get it too. Like he he was the absolute uh example of that type of player during that era and so important to the franchise but at the same time if another one came along that was you know in that same like let's say let's say Zubov wore 4 and then Miro came along and you're like okay not until Haskinen came along did we want to hand out 4 again but we think he's worthy of 4 now the argument would be that puts a ton of pressure on the guy, the young guy that has to wear the icon and legends number. So maybe it is better to just yank it out of rotation and, and move forward. It depends on the person. Like Tyler, I, I once called, told Tyler early on in the process that, hey, you might be the next Mike Madonna. And he goes, I want to be the first Tyler Sagan. See? That Good was answer. his exact voice. Good answer. Oh, did he whisper it to you? Yeah. He, was like, oh, he wanted to make it a point that this was important. What about Hall of Fame? Here? Well, just for for franchises. How how many have a Hall of Fame? Or is that the same as a Ring of Honor? Again, is it the same? it's semantics, I think. Um, Ring of Honor is a football thing, though, so, right? So like, what, what do they have in Vancouver? That. Is that yeah. a Ring of Honor? Because they, they don't have retired numbers, or they do, but then they also have eight or ten guys right up there in the rafters with their picture up there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. So what's that? I mean, it's I different know. in different arenas, you know. So I, I, I'm fine with it. I, I appreciate the history of the game, obviously. And so anything that calls the history of the game to a 10-year-old kid who says, you know, who's this guy? Uh, I yeah. like that. I agree. I, I think it's always good to remember your past fondly and uh, try to live up to it. Yes. Some of it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, there there is something like I said, the '88 with with the Cowboys has become a very <laughs> a, a thing of pride. Like if you get to if some if Jerry lets you wear '88, then you must be pretty special. I don't know how well that works though, because they have they haven't won uh, another Super Bowl in a quarter century. They've barely won in playoff games, and then you think of the Montreal Canadiens who have the statement in their room about yes. from these failing hands, we pass the torch. Man, they'd like to just burn the place down, I think, in Montreal right now. Eastern Conference champions, gone. defending Eastern Conference champions. Dale. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they hired a new head coach yesterday. Man, what, 
I still, first off, I still can't believe the Stars lost to that Montreal team. <laughs> I, I when did, you look at what's gone on since and what went on prior to that, they lost to the Montreal Canadiens on home ice. I did the research on this one. The only win Montreal has in their last 14 games is against the Dallas Stars. It's just one no, it, 13 and, well, I, I think it's one 12 and one. It does underscore the fact that. We have one position in our sport that just trumps yes. everything else that goes on. Yeah. Montembeau was terrific, but it did feel a little bit like the generals beating the Globetrotters. <laughs> There's a hot new reference. You Find go. that on TikTok. Uh, the hiring of Marty St. Louis in Montreal was look, you can't fall off the floor if you're Montreal. Like, you cannot fall off the floor. So, why not? I think Luke Richardson's going to end up doing a lot of the coaching there. Yeah as he has in, in past when they had uh, medical, I think it was medical issues or suspension, something. He had to step in and uh, and did it admirably. But, I I mean, that was bizarre. When so, you look at so his, much you're of what- like, he was the assistant coach of a U13 team, and then he got hired to be the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. I remember, like, I remember when wow. Stu Barnes coached the prospects in Traverse City. And like he had coached his, his kids' games. And he's behind the bench. And I think he was running the defense of all things. And he just goes, goes this is bizarre. He goes, I've never done anything like this. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yeah, Stu, it's, it's, a, like it's a, a completely different job than being a player. Um, I think part of what they do up there is the media. And Martin San Louis will be a really nice uh, bridge to the media as they get through this. Um, I heard all the speculation yesterday. I'm just like, just give the job to Patrick Waugh and, and let's have some fun. He was involved in, in the GM process. He was, he was interviewed for it and that and thanked them for the interest. But that would be, that would be something with him yeah. back there. There's some French passion going on. Look, no idea is a bad idea yeah. in 2022. How about that? Two more quick hitters, and then we'll we'll fly out of here. All-Star Weekend, I was really happy for Joe and his family. I, I think I didn't watch a second of it. It's just not my thing. It just isn't. But I'm glad they all had a good time. It should always be in Vegas, in, in my view. Uh, I think a Lady Bing nod should be the next thing for Pavelski after – being named as an all-star. I think he'd be a perfect Lady Bing winner this year. He's been a nominee before. Uh, I think 15, 16 when he was with the Sharkies. But it goes to, you know, gentlemanly player, certainly that, how he conducts himself, but also excellent. Yeah. You know, there has to be excellence in, in your game in that season. And, uh, I mean, he, he fills it all out. There are going to be a lot of guys – uh, with that, but you know, I, he finished ninth six years ago. That's what he did. High standard of play, gentlemanly sportsmanship. Joe Pavelski. I had to vote on on those for like twenty years, and and I actually put a lot of weight into the Lady Bing. I know people kind of dismiss it. Yeah, I really do. I think it's a, a lot of people do dismiss it yes, with the do. idea that it's just a, a high scorer, no that penalty minutes, didn't get a lot of penalties, and we'll just give it to him. Yeah, but when you actually look at it. And, and see all the uh, requirements or at least the uh, parameters that they want you to fulfill, it's a pretty cool award. And, and I'm with you. I think Joe Pavelski would be the perfect choice. All right, finally, uh, Super Bowl picks. 
Are you in any pools? I am not. Uh, I, I'm I need in to, one right now. I need I'm to in get one. in more of that fun stuff of fantasy football and everything like that. Uh, my brother-in-law was here a couple weeks ago, and uh, there was a hockey game I invited him to. And he goes, no, I've got to watch Matthew Stafford. And I'm like, what? He goes, Matthew Stafford, he's, he's my quarterback from the Lions, and I have to ah. sit on this couch and watch this football game. I go, I'm telling you, I can take you to a live hockey game. And he's like, no, no, I have to watch Matthew Stafford. So I'll be cheering for Matthew Stafford. The, As will I. There you go. Highland Park. You know, yeah, same daughters went to the same school. Yeah. Oh. You guys got that, uh, whatever that but we're But we're not cheering for him because we're Team Burrow around here. Because mm. he is sexy, dreamy, swaggy. He's got it all, the outfits, the game. They're going to kill him again. <laughs> That's a pretty good like defensive Eric, front. Like Donald's going to murder him, but it doesn't seem to matter. No. He's just He just gets back up and throws, I think they call it throwing dimes to chase. And then, uh, so anyway. My lovely daughter I, and I discuss all the... the. Oh, so do my daughter I know, and but, I but do I'm, as well. I, That's why I'm Team Burrow. Well, I'm going to the point of she's fine with all these athletes, singers, whoever, who talk about how great they are. And it really bothers me because I grew up in a different era of, you know, you don't do that. You know, you don't sit there and walk around going, I'm the greatest, and then trash talk people and stuff like that. So I like Post Malone because he does it with kind of a wink and a nod of, I don't really think I'm this great, but everybody else does, so I'll go along with it. And I think Burrow's the same way. Like, I don't think he is swaggy as he is. I think he thinks it's funny. Uh, so maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I don't mind him because it seems like he's not one of those guys who really want to tell you how great they are and, and how they beat the odds. Uh, you know, no, you know, the, the two things that I appreciate about him, other than how dreamy he is, <laughs> those blue eyes just pierce through, uh, is that he, he seems legitimately, reminds me a little bit of uh, Mark Metz, Messier when I was around him back with the Oilers in that. Mark, one of the, the true great attributes of his leadership is that he was legitimately more excited for other people's success than he was his own. Like, Burrow seems to be more thrilled for his kicker than he is anything else. And always wants to deflect toward other guys and teammates and the team in general. And then the second thing was, and it got widely praised for good reason when he went in on all these Instagram workout clowns out there who post what they did that day. Look at me, look what I'm doing. And he was like, no, just get the work, put the work in, in, in silence and then, and then go out there in public and, and get the job done yeah. and perform. Yeah. Your performance and, will speak volumes. Like there's not, look at every, that generation, especially Man, if, if you don't post what you're doing, did it really exist? That's why we should have video for this, Mike, because I don't know <laughs> that anybody believes that we're actually doing this face-to-face -face with one another. That you have we deer, don't want that ever. That you have deer antlers over your head every time yeah, that make me yeah, laugh. I know. I know. All right. Well, hey, everybody, good luck with your pools this weekend. Uh, wonderful visiting with you again today, Mike. 
My God, we need to do this more often. <laughs> we'll have a guest on uh, I in next week. We'll be on the road, won't we? Yes. Are you coming on the road? I'm not on this one, the next one. Uh, we're back on the road, I heard. There's rumors of that anyway. Something. It's exciting As long us. as you don't go to Canada, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're not allowed north of the border. You and the truckers, you can't go up there. Greasy Canadians. <laughs> anyway, fantastic matinee to set you up for SoFi. Stars Avs at one. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So for Mike Heika, I'm Daryl Ray, hoping people do tune in to the little football championship game. Uh, fingers crossed that this, this year it's popular. I know they've struggled in past, so good luck to the NFL with all that. Uh, and thanks once again for consuming this, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Peace out. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official NHL app today.